When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So my podcast is a scam, but it's fun because you can laugh at scams and you can laugh at scammers for the most part and have a good time. But also learn some stuff about how not to get scammed or how to run a scam if you want to. I didn't say that legally. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone-Kircher. You're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. Today's episode is about one of my favorite topics, scams scammers, the tautology of what constitutes a scam or not. I never know if I'm actually using the word tautology correctly. Anyway, we're talking about scammers today. Rachel, you know I was a a one-time teenage scammer myself. No? For legal reasons, all of this never happened. (laughs) Of course. Big, heavy, allegedly, before every single word. So I was in high school, and I'm taking physics, and I was very bad at physics. That part definitely happened. Can confirm. On the record, I was very bad at physics. Not a surprise to me at all. Just scalars, vectors, didn't get it. And I found this tutoring website online that would offer you a free hour of interactive tutoring for every cell phone number and email address you registered. And the emails didn't have to be real. They could be dummies you were making up. So I, of course, did this over and over and over again with my friends' phone numbers. I where this is going. Incredible. Incredible grift. But also, I'm sorry, for tutoring? You grifted for tutoring? You nerd? nerd. Yeah, (laughs) I I am who I am. It was a great grift, hypothetically, uh, right up until, again... Allegedly. Allegedly. uh, A very frightening cease and desist letter from a law firm came to my house. (laughs) Simply incredible. They were more concerned that I had created, that I had taught other teens how to do this. Like, I had created some sort of, like, mega tutoring scam ring. A multi-level marketing scheme of scammers. Exactly. Unfortunately, Teenage Me was not dreaming that big. Regrets. Yeah, honestly, you should have been. I mean, so Madison, you were a teenage scammer. I am a lover of scammers. In case you somehow missed it, scams are everywhere. From snake oil and ivermectin peddled by anti-vaxxers with medical degrees from WebMD to Nigerian princes promising you a life of luxury if you give them your credit card number. And okay, maybe that's partly our fault. We are culturally obsessed. But, you know, the Anna Delvey and Firefest Billy McFarland era of scam a few years back felt like it might be, let's say, the peak in the scam wave for us. It's actually turned out that we're not swimming in an ocean of scam, but rather an infinity pool of scam. To get into our obsession, and more importantly, to dish about some of the juiciest and messiest, I don't, that was, I'm so sorry for that. That was gross. Scams you want to call it late. moist? You want to say they're the most <laughs> moist scams? We're talking today with Lacey Mosley, host of Scam Goddess, star of iCarly and a Black Lady sketch show, and I must say, an absolute legend. Lacey, welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here. You guys are so sweet. Lacey, obviously you're the queen of scam history. Before our listeners who aren't familiar with your show, could you tell us a little bit about how you came to be such an expert? And I'm also going to turn the question you normally ask your guests back onto you, which is, have you ever been scammed? Okay. So I got into scams. 
I've probably always <laughs> been running like little tiny scams. Um, I recently moved, and so my place is like super crazy right now. And my cousin helped me unpack a little bit, and he was like, "Why do you have all of these wristbands in different colors?" And I was like, "Oh, that's um." That's for when I go somewhere and I need to get in the VIP. You know, you just keep one in every color in your bag. You just throw it on. You know, you just look around and see whatever I got yeah. on. And then, you know, it's worked for me many times. That's uh, so, so I- smart. <laughs> Listen, I used to do it back in the day, the 4040 Club. That's how I ran into Beyonce. And by ran into Beyonce, I mean I ran towards her with the crowd. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, like I've always run my little tiny scams. And um, I was actually actually doing another podcast called the daily zeitgeist and i do it all the time and um they always ask what's in your search history and every time i went to do it it was like a scam that was in my search history and then uh, my (laughs) friend miles gray started calling me scam goddess and i was like wait a minute and so i love comedy and i love fraud so i was like let's put those together also like it's true crime but we stay away from like the murder and you know we're not making light Mm -hmm. of anybody's you know dark plight so it's fun you get to kind of like root for the scammer which is what i do for the most part and so, and then to answer your other question, I have been scammed a lot. Um, and I tell people on the podcast, like, you can be a scammer. And you can also get scammed. There's no shame in the game. Um, <laughs> I recently got scammed by a man named Pablo. And um, I had a bu- I had a birthday party and I really wanted to blow it out. And so I wanted to have like a yacht party during the weekend. And um, so we thought everything was set up and it was going to be cute. And they told us the yacht was too big to dock. So we had to take a smaller boat to get to it. So we were like, OK, that's mm-hmm. that's cute. OK, we're about to be on the Titanic. Okay, yeah. they, they do that uh, on Parent <laughs> Trap to get to the big boat. That sounds legit. <laughs> right. <laughs> So tell me why like we're waiting on this curb. And I was like, this is so weird. Every time I've like gotten on a boat, like we haven't waited on the curb. We just go to the marina. Like, why are we on the curb? So yeah. we were on the curb for like 20 <laughs> minutes. We see another group of people also on the curb. And my birthday is July oh. 4th. So this is July 3rd. And so we're like, huh, are we all waiting for the same guy? My sister's like calling this guy. She's like, yeah, he's coming. And then she says, are you wearing your pirate's hat? And I said, pirate's hat? What? What? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, the sweatiest man I've ever seen, and like if you go to my podcast page, you can you can see Pablo. Um, but the sweatiest man that I've ever seen, I had to take pictures with him because I just could not believe. Like, how are you sweating for six hours? Like, bro, you ain't cool off. Like, we on the water. What's going on? He he put us on a tin can boat with the other group of people, and then he was like, "We're gonna drop y'all off at y'all boat. We're gonna drop y'all off at y'all boat." We been, we were on that boat for an hour. Oh and my god! He a came three back. His, hour tour, a bro. Three hour tour. Literally <laughs> Gilligan's Island. His assistant, um, who was dressed like if you've ever seen like a for sale bin at Charlotte Russe. Mm-hmm. Yes, Say no more. I'm familiar. Was, I am familiar. <laughs> it was giving sale bin at Charlotte Russe. But I was like, are you really an assistant? What is going on here? Because some of the guys were like, yeah, she was really like rubbing on me and tried to take my sandwich. And I was like, get away from my sandwich. Because <laughs> at that point, everyone started to feel like we were like stowaways. Like we were like, are, is this the middle passage again? Damn. And it was oh, all black no. people. I'm like, how do, you, how do we do this? <laughs> we literally got on this boat. <laughs> And we were like yeah. underneath the boat. And every time the Coast Guard would come, they would like drive away. And I was like, what is going on? Okay. I don't know. Okay. Lisa, you're getting under the boat. Like, you, black people don't do that. You don't get under the boat. And why were we, why were we dressed in all white? 
Like we looked like slaves on the Easter Sunday. The generational trauma should have left out. Y'all should have been like, no, 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 no. Like the ancestors should have been like, girl, no, not today. <laughs> Listen, if you can have a safe outdoor function, you like, bro. Like I guess we getting on the, the slave boat. I don't know. They got. I did see a whip or two, but that could just be for fun. Like we did it. And so I'm thinking, like, okay, fuck. Like this is over, right? So then he's like, no, y'all getting on y'all boat. Y'all getting on y'all boat. So he's like, y'all just have to take another boat to y'all's boat. And I was like, bro. <laughs> so then we get to the boat. And then the, the actual captain, first of all, the boat is huge, but it was also hella old. Like they had some signs that were like, don't go downstairs. And I went down because I don't believe in rules for me. And it smells so bad. I was like, this boat is ass. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. And so... I'll take some pictures with Pablo cause I, and his assistant because I was like, somebody got to see this shit because this is just crazy. <laughs> and yeah. then next thing I know, I go upstairs trying to enjoy myself with this hot mess, right? And my assistant comes back and I was like, oh, where's the tip? Like I had $500 in cash to like tip like the boat driver. Obviously, I'm not about to give the whole 500 Like she was like, oh, I gave no. it to Pablo. I was like, what? <laughs> and Pablo was gone. The <laughs> ran off of my money. I could not believe that shit. I was so mad. Uh, she got to charge it to the game sometimes. I should have known when we had more than 12 people that like it was already about to be a little funny. But everybody said my party planner was like, it happens all the time. No, it was just, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have participated in the scam. I should have followed the rules and got me a 12. <laughs> kick some people off the boat and had 12 people because. That is an incredible. <laughs> Incredible story. When I yeah. I didn't know where to. I Better thought you were gonna be ever like, could have expected. Yeah, I thought you were gonna be like, man, I lost like a rental deposit when yeah, I was exactly. like twenty four or something. But like, no, oh, that was no. I've been scammed, honey. I've had a crazy massage by somebody who definitely didn't work there. Like just stuff that. Sometimes I just see it through because I'm like this. I, now this is content. I'm just here for content now. I guess. Okay. Well, speaking of content, we now have a game for you. Oh. It's time to play Is This a Scam? (laughs) All right, first up we have Fire Festival. Scam, absolutely, but fun. You know, who doesn't want to suck dick for water? (laughs) A good time. No one, that's who. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, Logan Paul's boxing career. Scam, absolutely. Like, I, like he's out here fighting legitimate fighters who have been doing this forever. It's absolutely wild. But, like, people will pay because people want to see him get punched. It's excellent. Honestly, a great grift. I'm proud of him. Next up, the entire D'Amelio brand. Scam. I mean, they're they're cute white girls. They got in with the Kardashians, and they steal black people's TikTok dances, and that works for them. Uh, AOC's Tax the Rich dress at the Met Gala. Sorry, AOC, but a scam. Like, <laughs> like, girl, you supposed to be taxing them. <laughs> Aren't you in Congress? What you wearing that dress for? Like, go tax them. That's what, that's what we put you in office for, girl. You was a waitress. You supposed to be mad at them. What's going on? Now you at the Met wearing statement pieces. What's going on? Like, do your job. The Democratic Party is a scam, too. Like, it's just lawful evil. They just be like, look, blacks, we, we not going to actively kill y'all. So vote for us. Now, will we help you? Absolutely not. But we got some good speeches. We got great merch. And we got morals, morals over here, okay? And we're going to take the vaccine so you can live long enough 
to continue to be in poverty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have thoughts. We have prayers. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many thoughts. Unlimited <laughs> prayers. Okay. Yes. Like, making it rain. <laughs> okay. Next up, an American favorite, the moon landing. Ooh, okay, so this is where I'm going to get in trouble because I'm a moon denier. Um, Ooh, wait, like the whole moon is a... F- like, what, like, how the, far does it go? Yeah, wait, no like moon. we have it... This moon shit is a lie. No, no. Gravity uh, a lie. The tides fake. The A scam. No, no, no. Yeah. I believe in the moon. I do believe in the moon. <laughs> Because, you know, I love uh, Zodiac charts. So I do believe in the moon. But the moon landing. Okay, I actually did NPR recently and there was a NASA scientist. And I had to just straight up ask. I was like, sis, did they, you could tell us. Did they really go? Like, She was like, yes. Yeah, like, I promised they really win. And Bezos was really in space for 15 minutes. I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. All right. Our final entry in Is This a Scam? Uh, cancel Culture. Yes, it's a scam. Because if you get canceled, don't that mean you shouldn't make money anymore? And all these people who are getting canceled, I'm pretty sure they're still collecting ducats. Uh, I believe that, like, prison is real. Like, you know, but then, you know, Bill Cosby got out. So, (laughs) yep. Who's really getting canceled? A win for all of black America, as he said. Oh, God. (laughs) Girl, you know he was trying to buy NBC. (laughs) Oh, well, that's why they put him in prison, because he was trying to buy NBC. Because he was trying to buy NBC. It had nothing to do with all the stuff he did. Nah, girl, he was trying to buy NBC. No, 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 no. They always trying to keep a black man down. (laughs) That's all it was. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, well, that is the end of Is This a Scam or Not? All of them were scams, which I feel like is indicative of our culture writ large, which is that it's just full of scams. It is, and I appreciate that. We're all bored naked, and somehow we get stuff. You know, that's a scam. (laughs) When we come back, Lacey is going to talk us through some of the scamming scams of the decade, including Sean fucking King, uh, Darius Cooks, and Karen Civil. Don't go anywhere. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well... It was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. Wanted to take a quick minute to shout out any new listeners who are checking out ICYMI for the first time. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is not a scam, and we're really glad you're here. Uh, in case you don't know, in case you 
Mustard. Our show comes out twice a week, so definitely check out our episode from Wednesday. Uh, you're gonna learn a lot about soaking a uh, let's say questionable Mormon sex loophole. And we are back with Lacey Mosley. I guess the easiest place to start is, Lacey, why are we so obsessed with scams? Because everybody's starting to realize that they've been living in one. Um, I think that the American dream, especially for millennials, was way oversold. Um, They just put us in a fuck ton of debt, and then none of these boomers will retire, so you got MIT grads on the the corner flipping signs. It's just we were sold a dream and then none of that happened. So I think everyone's obsessed with scams now because we're seeing like everything's a scam. The government's a scam. Like they taking my money, but I still got potholes. People are still unhoused. I'm like, where's the money going? Oh, to build a nine hundred million dollar triangle tire for the military. (laughs) Wonderful. Great. Mm-hmm. That That's really benefiting me in my daily life. So it's like we're all realizing that. And I think people are now interested in people who decided not to follow the rules. Do you feel like social media has made scams easier to run or harder? Much easier. Um, because now you have access to so many people. And unfortunately, you know, our elderly community are people who are getting up there in age. Because I'm not going to call you. If you're in your 50s, 60s, you're not elderly. But, like, people, you know, past 40, like, Facebook is ripe for scams because they be on there. You know, that's where they get their news. So, you know, it's easier to DM people. It's easier to reach people. More people's personal information is online, especially Facebook. Like, we have all let Mark Zuckerberg scan our booty holes at this point. So, he has all the info. (laughs) Um, (laughs) he knows me better than I know myself. And what comes with that is like, you're on Facebook, like, oh, let me tag all my family. This is my cousin. This is my grandma. Great. Now a scammer can go over to your page and be like, oh, your cousin so-and-so is in jail. We need money. Or, oh, your grandma fell and she can't get up. Um, you know what I mean? Like now (laughs) it's just, it's easier to run scams because there's so much information out there. Social media is really picked up on the scams. Yeah, speaking of social media, uh, Karen Civil recently got into a little bit of trouble (laughs) with social media. You know, I was in that clubhouse room, honey. I I just saw it on Twitter. Can you give a little recap for our listeners who are not, like, caught up? Oh, Karen, baby. Okay, so Karen Civil basically got on clubhouse and and admitted to some crimes. Um, So people were disgruntled. There was a rapper who was disgruntled with her because he had hired her to, like, help bolster his career. I don't... I don't get the music side as much as the acting side. Obviously, that's what I do. The music Mm. side is very weird. Um, It's and and acting can be very weird as well because you can go down the alleyway and then you know you get a great job that changes your life, or you go down the alleyway and you change your life from living to not living. You know, you never know. You don't know what you're going to get in that aspect. But in music, basically, Karen Civil is someone who helps boost artists, like get them radio play, get them PR, you know, get their career popping, you know, get them a McDonald's meal, you know, or whatever. So that's what she's known for. She has a lot of celebrity friends. She's she's at every party. She's got every bag. She's got every shoe. So she had um, six years ago, I believe, um, taken on a rapper And he gave her $60,000 and he was like, can you like, you know, hire the publicist, go do the payola at the radio, like get me popping. This is my last 60K. You know, I got to feed my kids. Um, He was like, what would you do if your son was that? That's me. So help. (laughs) So she, she took the money 
And then obviously I can't even remember the man's name. So his rap career did not take off. So she gets on there to talk to him and she's like talking in circles. I literally kept everything from sitting here when you even talked about Excuse me, I'm going to this email too. Even when you talked about like, I'm gonna try to get you, I'm gonna try to get you an agent. I have the email I sent to them. I was so fucking proactive with doing your business. I was proactive when it came to you. There's some that are hits and misses. It takes longer than other times. And that's what, you know what? I'll take that. If that's what you wanted, if, I'll take that. This shit took longer, but that's what this business is. But I didn't run away with your 50, 60K like this is sitting here being insinuated. Everybody had to get paid to be a part of this. I'm never going to sit here and just be like, let me take it and fuck him. Knowing that you could actually fucking rap. So she was like, well, I have the invoices. Like, I have the invoices. I still have them of, like, the work that I did. And we were like, sis, but, like, you can type up an invoice on, on Google Docs right now. That doesn't mean you paid it. Like, do you have proof that you paid these people? You just got invoices on your computer? So obviously he was upset about that. She had a friend in the music business who was also in this chat. I do not remember his name, but he started abdicating for her. But the way he did so was very hilarious and very telling. So he was like, you know, Joyner, this is your manager's fault. Like your manager should have made sure that Karen was, you know, putting the money where you wanted the money to go. Because back in the day, if I picked up a rapper and he had a bunch of cash, but I didn't think he had no talent, I just pocket that shit. And he just said that. He just said it. That was his defense was like, yeah, she robbed you, but that's your manager's fault. What? <laughs> but I think whoever was managing your situation, I'm going to put it on them because I'm a manager, right? Whoever was I'm managing manager. your situation, not you because you're the artist, right? They dropped the ball, nephew. Now, if you're not in this business, you don't understand what I'm saying. But you, 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 you know, your management is supposed to go over those things. Karen... It's, she don't do all that shit. She know people that get it done. So she's spending more of the bag. Honestly, this is the best ad for Clubhouse I've ever heard. This scam is an onion. The layers just just keep yes. on keep on going. Yeah, Karen is a scammer, you know, and I love that for her. She's it sometimes it works out. Honestly, Lacey, it felt to me like scam culture was reaching its peak during the like fire festival Anna Delvey era of the internet, but it continues. Why do you think we don't get sick of this? Because rules suck and they're for other people. You know, <laughs> if everybody follows the rules, I don't have to. Because um, then it's just one chaotic person. But um, I don't think scams will ever stop because I think the pandemic made a lot of people realize, like, you know, daddy government's not here for you. Like, he gave you two stimmies, um, a vaccine late as hell, and he didn't even tell you about the pandemic till January. And he knew a long time before. Like, daddy government played <laughs> us. So I think everybody's just trying to get theirs at this point because it's like, fuck it. When you spend time... A lot of people were essential workers and then got paid like shit, treated like shit. But then people want to pop, you know, bust some pots and pans and shit when they walking out to Trader Joe's. It's like, that's not enough. So now we're all doing crime. I saw a tweet the other day. I wish I could remember who said it, but it was like, this manifesting shit ain't working. I'm about to start stealing. (laughs) I mean, speaking of running scams, you took on Sean King, the king of scammers. (laughs) Yes, I'm blocked on every platform. Congratulations. <laughs> well done. That means you did something you. correct. Yeah. I might put it on a shirt and let people buy it. <laughs> uh, but there's a moment where 
you're you're kind of just like we didn't even get to all the scams we could have mentioned. No, and, we're gonna do it to part two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious. What's the first scam in the part two? What's the one you didn't get to mention in the first episode that you are most excited to revisit? So I'm very excited to revisit, um, which is has a, a little bit of a sad element. But um, when Chadwick Boseman passed away, um, Sean King sent out an email and was like, you know, I'm here for you guys. Like anything y'all need, you know, you're Mr. Me, black, definitely black Sean King. I got you. And um, he also put a link for his book in the email about Chadwick. And so Twitter was like, the fuck? And then he was like, well, listen, I don't even make no money for that book. I was just trying to help y'all out, like trying to educate y'all. I don't even make any money from that book. And then a bunch of people comments and were like, bro, we know how book deals work. You got an advance. You don't start making money until you sell more copies than the advance. Like, we not stupid. So you so you are going to make money if people buy it. What are you talking about? Like, oh he, he's got, he's got, um... He's got merch now. He's got freedom merch. Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> like, of course he does. Like, if there's a scam, if there's a grift to be had, you know, Sean is the He's, grift that keeps on giving. Why do you think it took so long for Sean King to be publicly acknowledged as a scammer, even though there was so much documented evidence? Right. Like, where are where's this Frederick Douglass, like, newspaper you promised? Like, where, why do all these businesses you keep raising money for and then they just disappear? Like, what, you know? Um, I think it was because people don't listen to black women until it's too late. And there are so many, like, Medina Abdullah, you, you want to talk about, like, Patrice Cullors. There's so many black women who were like, this man is a grifter. He is not about this movement. And nobody was listening. And so, and also because he was one-stop shop activism. And that's very hard mm. to let go. If, you know, you can just follow one person and they're going to tell you, like, what's the hashtag today? Who are we going out to protest? And, you know, I feel like white liberals, they love that. It was like they didn't have to do any real research. They don't have to read White Fragility. They just follow Sean King and, and give him some coins every now and then and then feel better about their lives. So that's how he got away with it for so long. Celebrities, too. Like, celebrities would retweet him and be like, oh, yeah, Sean. Mm -hmm. And we were like, blah, blah, please stop. Uh, I mean, speaking of people not listening to black women, you had Angela Davis slash the Kitchenista onto your podcast to mm -hmm. talk about Darius Cooks slash Crooks. And that episode was one of the first you did where you had the victim of the episode scammer to kind of talk through it. And I'm curious of how that changed the way you approached the episode. Um, it changed because it's still a comedy podcast, but when you're looking at someone who's been, you know, um, victimized by someone, you know, like the online community, like the hate that he's sent her way, the trolls, like people like talking about her mental health and stuff. It's like, you have to just handle it with more care because like normally we don't have all of those details. And sometimes if we do, like I'll gloss over like really dark stuff because I just don't want to trigger, or I guess we're not supposed to say trigger anymore, but I just don't want people to like mm -hmm. feel bad or like, you know, tie that to a memory of their own and then all of a sudden they're not enjoying the show anymore. So it was a tightrope to walk because it's like, I got to get my jokes off, but also like, I, I don't want to make jokes that feel like they're at your expense. Mm -hmm. And also it was interesting to get a firsthand account of like everything. And she has so much research and I had so much research and you know, that man is wild. He's a wild man. He's just out here. Like can't cook at all. I've never <laughs> seen him use a fresh vegetable ever. I'm like the <laughs> farmer's market. You ain't never been there, huh? Like, you don't know where it's at. And so it's like he 
you know, he's cooking food that's bad for you and bad for mm. black folks. We already got high blood pressure, you know, just from being alive and black. So he's a he's a mess. He's a bit of a troll too, though. Some of the stuff that he does, he's absolutely trolling. So he's a he's a fascinating one. Lacey, is there a, a dream scam out there you haven't covered yet? There's a couple that I have coming up that I'm really excited about. Um, the Britney Spears conservatorship, which I'm going to do with Babs Gray and Tess. And I'm really excited because they're Britney Ooh. experts. Um, I'm really, really excited to do uh, LuLaRoe. Because yes. boy, oh boy, that one. Just after watching the Lula Rich documentary, and I already, like, my research is already on it. Shout out to Kaylin. But watching that documentary, I was like, so much wild shit was said. And then they just kept going. It was like, yeah, two yep. of our kids got married anyways. Yep. Like. Yep. <laughs> What? They were stealing prints. They was just going. Yep. The, the the graphic designers was like, we just go hit Google, and, yep. and the one that they had, the graphic designer that they had, graphic designer sis, she was a bartender and, and probably know how to use Photoshop. And she was like, I told everybody you got to just go to Google and then change it twenty percent. But then they got a little lazy. They just stopped changing it. I was like. <laughs> You're not even supposed to be doing that. Lacey, I can't wait to hear that episode. But mostly, I think Rachel and I are very excited to hear your forthcoming Sweaty Pablo expose. (laughs) Oh, God. I actually did talk about him in an episode. And we posted pictures of Sweaty Pablo. And that was really fun because the listener, the congregation was like, oh, my God, he's sweatier than I thought. How is he (laughs) so... like, wow. It's the Chris Gethard episode, if you're interested. I just, I need a standalone Sweaty Pablo episode. I need to know. I'm invested. Pablo would probably come on the show, like, and probably you tell me everything, because he's proud. <laughs> and then ask you for five hundred dollars. I mean, he got right. five hundred dollars. He should be proud. I'm so mad about that. I, I still can't <laughs> believe that. And I love my sister so much, but I was like, sis, why would you ever hand my money without talking to me? You saw what we went through. I cried on a tin can boat. We're not giving him five hundred dollars. <laughs> Lacey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been a blast. Yeah, it's so fun. Once again, that was Lacey Mosley, the host of the excellent podcast, Scam Goddess, and uh, also star of iCarly and a Black Lady Sketch Show on HBO. All right, that is the show. We will be back in your feed on Saturday, so definitely subscribe. It is free, unlike the Nigerian Prince scam, and it's the best way to never miss an episode. Please continue to spread the word of the ICYMI gospel. We love seeing you tag us in various requests for podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions. Like, is this a scam? The answer is probably yes. You can also always drop us a note at ICYMI at slate.com. Who knows? We might have you on the show. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Boris Wickman and Allegra Frank are our editors. And Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcasts. See you online. Or on a tin can boat. Your wordplay gets more and more convoluted every episode. To get into our obsession, and more importantly, to juice... Juice? <laughs> I read too fast. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones 
who get it done. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it. And we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. (laughs) 